Hey there, Liberty Lovers. This is the Scottish Liberty Podcast. Welcome back to the show. This is number 11 in our series, You Lucky People. And I am Tom Laird, and I'm here with my co-host, as usual. Anthony Samaroff. Today we're sitting again having another delicious smoothie made by the loving hands of Mr. of Mr. Pan Samarov. And what have we got in the smoothie? Banana, blueberries, another banana, apple, orange. I'm sorry, I don't really sound very smooth, very um, enthusiastic yes, about your about smoothie. smoothie. Well, it is a delicious smoothie, it's and really there's two ba- two bananas in this one, and blueberries. I think the blueberries are doing it for me. Mm. Mm. Well, I, mean, I would put out a request for um, for some more recipes. The only one so far is Katrina. Katrina's given us a recipe that's uh, that involves quite a lot of chocolate, and we're going to give that a whirl at some point. And literally, we're literally going to give it a, a, a what do you call those things? The whirl peanut chocolate whirl walnut whip. What are they, whatever the fuck they're called. It's <laughs> a walnut whip. It's a walnut whip. I've the whirl. A walnut whip. Right. Okay, but it's a whirly thing with like a chocolate whirly thing with a fucking walnut on the top of it. Well, I'm yeah. allergic to well, walnuts, so I you're allergic to walnuts. Who the true. fuck's allergic to walnuts? Me. <laughs> what does it do? It makes my throat very itchy. For a <laughs> it makes hours. your throat itchy. Swells up. Like a motherfucker. Like a frog or something yeah. like that? Wow. It's I'd like pleasure. to see that. Well, please don't spike <laughs> any of my smoothies with walnut. Right. Okay, well, from smoothies to... Uh, Cunts. To, to, okay, <laughs> interesting segue. It's going to start today with the story of... Is it, how do you pronounce that? Anjum? We'll just call him Andrew, just to annoy him. Andrew Chowdhury, right? Or Anjum Chowdhury. He's an Islamic... What they call a hate preacher or an Islamic... Uh, Dickhead. Uh, he notoriously been on a lot of TV shows in his pajamas, talking about Islamic State, talking about uh, Sharia law. My Sharia law. <laughs> and, that well-known Stevie Wonder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Sunni and Shia. <laughs> right. Okay, we're getting a bit Islamophobic here. Right. Bottom line: the guy's been arrested finally. They've been out, they've been gunning for him for a while. Now, don't get me wrong, this guy, as far as I'm concerned, he is a giant bellend, right? Of massive proportions. I don't care whether he's a Catholic bellend, a Muslim bellend, a Jewish bellend, black bellend, whatever. He's just a massive bellend, as far as I'm concerned. But he's been arrested, basically for, he's pledged allegiance to Islamic State. And they're calling it, here's an article in The Guardian, at least they're calling it Islamic State. Normally they call it, so-called Islamic State. Whenever you hear politicians talking about it, they call it so-called Islamic State. And that really fucking burns my toast because why is it so-called? It is the Islamic State, you know? Is, it, is, is that, that, is, is, that is this the so-called Guardian? You know, is the it, so-called Guardian, the so-called the Prime Minister. So-called Scottish Liberty Podcast. This is the so-called Scottish well, Liberty Podcast. Might, yeah. Maybe our left-wing critics or our right-wing critics, if we ever get them, mm. will say... It's the so-called Liberty Podcast. They talk about liberty, but they only really mean the liberty of the free market. They don't right. mean, like, real liberty. Well, I'm going to just... I'm just going to fucking fly in their face right now because I've got to say, as much as I think this guy is a massive bellend and he should be pilloried and he should be laughed at and he possibly even should be deported, I think we're in dangerous territory when you can arrest somebody and threaten them for 10 years in prison for pledging allegiance to an organisation. You know, we're on shake, but I think we're on a shaky nail. If 
He's definitely said, I think we should kill X person, Y person. I think we should uh, go. I mean, I don't know. What do you think yourself, Anthony? Do you think they're right to arrest this guy and have him charged with pledging allegiance to Islamic State? Is it just because he said he pledged allegiance? I mean, has he been inciting violence? Well, he's incited also. He's, he's... Well, I suppose you could say by pledging allegiance to Islamic State, by supporting Islamic State verbally, at least, then he's encouraging violence. But where does that stop? Because, right, okay, I'm critical, to put it mildly, of the war in Iraq, right? I've heard all sorts of figures of hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands, conservatively speaking, killed in that war, mostly civilians, right? So why is it acceptable to be allegiant to the... You know, where, where, where are we drawing the lines up here? Because you could say, right, okay, if someone considers, like, Hamas, well, I think they are a terrorist organisation, or have been, or they have a terrorist wing and a political yeah. wing, right? Hezbollah... PLO. Um, more shaky. They've got... They, they have been involved in violence, but they also are, like, a people's militias, and they were providing a lot of humanitarian work and welfare and relief in ne- Lebanon. Then... You can you you've got your side, you know. You can say, well, okay, you can't be in, you can't pledge allegiance to these organizations. Well, there's people on the other side that think that Israel's equally culpable, and they've used uh, white phosphorus weapons that are against against the law to use. And they well, is that an established fact? Yeah, though? that's an established fact. Uh, okay. No one, no one is. Um, I don't know enough about that. To no, come back no one's. Again. Uh, no one's disputing that uh, you can get news stories and okay. there's pictures of it and say well you know that's against the law if you believe in the law of course so therefore that's a, a war crime right so are you allowed to pledge allegiance to them where is the line drawn and it's only a verbal uh, offering of allegiance I mean you can tacitly pledge allegiance I mean if you hate Islamic State right yeah <clears throat> To what degree has Western intervention in that region created Islamic State in the first place? Haven't all the architects of that foreign policy been better allies of Islamic State than this preacher? You could probably make that argument. Um, Here's the thing, why is our justice system? I mean, it's going to cost millions. By the time it goes through the, the courts... By the time he's he's probably gonna get um, legal aid, you know, uh, mm-hmm. rip the country off for millions in legal aid and human rights lawyers and all the rest of it to argue his case. Why not stick his fat, hairy Islamic arse on a fucking plane, the first plane out of here, and let him go and fucking live with his mates in in the Islamic state? You know, I don't have a, I really don't have a problem. I mean, he's, one of the things he's accused of is encouraging young Muslims here to go and fight uh, for Daesh or Islamic State or ISIS, whatever you want to call it. I really don't have a problem with them going. There's a problem with them coming back after they've been there. You know, that's, that's kind of a problem. But again, where do we draw the line? Thousands of people from this country went to Spain in the Spanish Civil War to fight... For some of them went to fight for uh, anarchist groups, uh, communist groups, and then came back to Britain 
and, and, and lived in Britain. You know, are we saying that those people who went to fight in Spain for, for, for the communists or the republic or whoever, should they have been allowed to come back and, and, and live in Britain after it? I really don't know. There's this there's, there's serious questions that need to be asked here. The serious okay, questions. principles are, you know... Where, yeah, well, how, what is the principle? We, if there's a principle, it should be legislated equally. Yeah. So, I mean, if somebody pledges allegiance to National Socialism, if somebody pledges allegiance to Adolf Hitler on YouTube, uh, should they be arrested and given 10 years? If somebody pledges allegiance to Satan, albeit, you know, most people would regard that as a, as a fictional sort of being, should they, you know, should they be arrested? Because they say, okay, well, even though this, this being is fictional, um, they are regarded as an evil entity. So if somebody pledges allegiance to evil, then we should just uh, we should arrest them and give them ten years. I, I don't. I do not like this guy. I think he's an arse. I think it'd be great if we could just put him on a plane and get rid of him and let him live in an Islamic state with all his family who to support him. But to put him in prison for pledging allegiance or for in, even encouraging has he actually? I don't. I really don't know. I'll, the only thing it says in the article is that he pledged allegiance to ISIS and for that he's been arrested. And the jury heard. Old Bailey Jury heard that he'd pledged allegiance so to this organisation. What's their crime? Have they created what? a crime called pledging allegiance to? Yeah, yeah. What is the actual crime? What what has he? It hasn't actually said. Now, an interesting thing: when we were looking for this article online and we typed in Anjum Chaudhry, nothing whatsoever came up. The only things that were coming up was some comedian called Chaudhry, some other guy called Chaudhry that I'd never heard of. Adam, this Anjum Chaudhry was nowhere to be found. Now, is that a coincidence? Um, the only way we found the article was to type in, uh, you know, hate preacher arrested, or to type in, and it's, or the thing that came up under the Google search was just a general article about him. There was nothing on him. Now, have the government actually stopped or put a block on people looking for this guy's name on Google? Because it was it was really weird how we couldn't even find it, and it's been a major news story for the last yeah. couple of days. Um, yeah, it was really weird. It was weird. To follow your point about, you know, anarchists and lefties of whom um, George Orwell was one uh, that went to fight in Catalonia during the Civil War, if you believe in a libertarian policy, which is typically a non-interventionist foreign policy, all that leaves is individuals. And if something is going on horrendously in the world, you know, Let's not say another Adolf Hitler, because that's just so tried. Yeah. Something, something going on that's bad. That's what you're left with in a non-interventionist world. It's like, if you really believe in it, then it's your duty as an individual, no draft, no forcing people at gunpoint to volunteer. But if you really believe in it, go over there and fight for what you believe in. Now, this creates a complication if you can't come back afterwards. Right. Because, I mean, I've heard suggestions, I've even suggested it myself in, in, in the past, you know, if somebody is going away to, to fight for ISIS or whatever and they think that's a good idea, maybe we should take their passports off them when they leave uh, so they can't come back in. But again, I, I don't suppose that would square with a libertarian principle of freedom of movement. Well, that's the thing. I mean, to what degree do you have the right to use the preventative use of force are you impinging in more liberties by not letting that person who's basically proven themselves to be a jihadist 
right. by going to fight for ISIS? Are you not willfully putting people at risk by allowing them back into the country? I mean, I think they've got every right to go and fight for ISIS if they want to. I'd rather that they were fighting over there in that region than here. I mean, mm. there's what burns my toast is okay. if you really believe in Sharia law or the more more extreme forms of Islam, there's plenty of places in the world to move to where you can you can live under it. Yeah. Um, my personal take on this is I, th- I have concerns. I have deep, serious concerns about liberty in general and the precedent that this might set. If you can, if how, you far can you yeah, how far do we take this? I think it's always problematic to arrest people. I, do you know what? Say what you want. Believe what you want. You cannot do what you want. You know. Now we already have laws that say, you know, if I threaten to kill somebody, if I threaten to kill you, Anthony, and you, you've got a, a, a reason to believe that I'm serious about mm-hmm. that, I can face 10 years for that. So we already have that law. So if they'd have said, you know, Chowdhury threatened to kill X, Y, or a group of people personally, then I suppose you could arrest them for that in of itself. But to just say that he were arresting them and are going to convict them of pledging allegiance to ISIS, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's valid, and I have concerns about it. But do you know what? Just put his fat ass on a plane and, and say, "Look, mate, you're clearly enamoured with this organisation. You're clearly enamoured with their policies. You're clearly enamoured with uh, Sharia law, and you want to live under it." Why don't you just do that? It's not a problem. You know, you can. You know, we'll actually, it'll be cheaper for it. We'll we'll chip in. We'll buy you a ticket. Mm-hmm. You and your family, and you can all go and live there. I don't see the problem with that. You know, and and show him up if he if he if he then won't go. You know, hell no, I go. Then it kind of shows him up in front of his mates for the toss pot that he is. If he'd rather stay here, and this guy, it's a strange. I was looking into about his background. Apparently, up. Even up to twenty years ago, he was a bit. He was another one of these uh, Muslim guys that were a bit of a playboy. Right. You know, he, he he drank and I don't know if he'd done drugs, but he was like you know disco and, and you know he wasn't very Islamic right. in his youth and his student days, and he suddenly sees that he, he he whether he got radicalized or or somebody radicalized him or he just decided to do it himself. Suddenly he was going about in his pajamas, uh, threatening you know to to tear down you know Western civilization. Um, so, it it it's he's a, he's an odd character. I'm I'm I, I was going to say I'm constantly surprised. I mean, even the the Muslim Council of Britain, who I'm no friend of, they've even said you know that this guy's an arse. I'm paraphrasing here, obviously. They've said this guy's an arse. You know, he doesn't represent uh, you know British Islamic, the majority of British Islamic uh, people's thoughts. Why do they give him such prominence? Why do the press give him such coverage? Well, it's because he's controversial. You know, they right. get him on TV shows, and he 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 says he does his thing. He says stuff about women. He says some stuff about homosexuals that's not very popular, and it it creates viewing figures. You know, and maybe the best thing to do with a guy is just ignore him and let him disappear up his own arse. Right. So, two questions. First question: Should he be liable if he encourages? people to commit acts of violence well I mean under the current law I mean if I publicly encourage you to kill somebody and you go and do it am I culpable I don't know are you? I, I don't know either I think maybe I should have researched this better and, and or, or should I be 
at the end of the day, the person who carries out the crime is the one responsible and is the one culpable. Um, I know that in the States, you can be convicted of just being present at the scene of a crime mm. where somebody's killed or assaulted and you're you're there if you don't actively try to prevent mm. it you know you can you can get the exact same sentence as the person that, that does yet, it and right. yet the police the supreme court re- yeah the supreme court in america ruled that the police have no duty to protect you you know that, right. that that's that is that that is absolutely weird so you would think they you know at, at taxpayers expense uh, can say that they can stand back not put themselves at risk to protect you. It's oh. a, it's all very strange. I think the best thing to do with this guy is, is either get him on a plane, get rid of him, or ignore him. But I second question. Yes. Then. Okay. Second question. Can we do the same thing with socialists in Denmark? Can we put <laughs> them on a plane? Well, we came up with a giant catapult idea, which is I think preferable to the plane, which is we could have a giant catapult. We could ping socialists. Scottish socialists to what do you think Denmark? Denmark's probably the one that they keep on bashing on about at the moment. Right, um, but you know, here's the thing. I think it would be great if Scottish socialists voluntarily went and lived in a, in a socialist country, and we could bring I don't know, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand Iranian or Iraqi or Syrian. Uh, libertarians sure. to live here. That, you know, that sounds like a good exchange to me. But there's a problem when you start saying, why don't you go and live in a socialist country? I know, and I'm kind of flying in the face of my own argument here, because I've talked to people about libertarianism, and they've went, why don't you fuck off and live in a libertarian country then? You know, and it's like, you go, well, I live here, dude. This is where I was born. This is where my parents were born. I'm not saying it's shit. I'm not saying we should tear tear it down violently. All I'm saying is, look, I think this is a better way of doing things. Right. 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 So much as I think it's a funny well, they've had their chance. They've had like a hundred years of yeah, their chance all over yeah. the world. Seriously. Can we not just get one can we not just get one shot, you know? Yeah. It will be so good that all the other countries in the world will copy it. Yeah, and we I think libertarians, we stand alone, you know, I'm willing to be corrected. We stand alone in the non-aggression principle, the non-initiation of force. We're the only party that does not need to force other people to, to follow our policies. You know, if you want to be so in a libertarian country, in a libertarian system, if you want to be socialist, great. You can be as socialist as you like, you know. Yeah, buy some, buy some land, have your socialist community. And if it's as good as you say, if you finally, after fucking 199 attempts at this yeah. shit, if you finally knock it off and you crack it and you make it work, everybody round about can look at you and say, wow, what's going on over there? Uh, those socialists have really got it together and they've really created an equal and wonderful society. Let's emulate it. You know, uh, I doubt very much that's going to happen. If it was going to work, it would have worked already. And if you want to be a communist, you can do that. If you want to have your little Nazi commune, you don't want to let black people in it. As long as it's your land, you can do what you want on it. And if you want to, be, and if you want to have a little Islamic uh, enclave in Edinburgh, and you want to have the Islamic Republic of Leith, great. As long as people are free to leave, as long as people are free to move, uh, you know, round about it. Um, if you want to make it an Islamic state, and you want to have Sharia law in, in in Leith. Okay, as long as you don't compel people who don't believe that, mm-hmm. to follow it. If it's all voluntary, you know, I'm not against it, you know. 
I mean, you can't be cutting people's... Uh, well, I don't know. Let, let's, let me pose that one to you. If you've contracted, if you voluntarily wish to live in a, in a Sharia law community, and that community says, look, we cut people's hands off here for, um, for theft, and then you commit theft, and you're convicted, and they cut your hands off, should they be allowed to do that? I mean, you've contracted. It's voluntary. I don't believe in it, but I kind of lean towards yes. But I'd love okay. to hear from our audience. If yes, so would I. If, if you've contracted and said, right, I respect the fact that if I live in this community and I steal, I'm going to get my hands cut off. Should the legal system be allowed to do that if you voluntarily contracted, they don't think you were insane or they think that you were in an adult position to make that decision based on your faith? Should they be allowed to carry out that sentence? You tell us. Tell us. Tell us what you think we should do with Chowdhury. Uh, you know, leave some comments. Tell us what we should do with this guy. Uh, do you think it's right that he's been convicted of pledging allegiance to Daesh or Islamic State, whatever it is? Second, is something quite similar. We have a situation. I'm not a big foot fan. I'm not a football fan at all. Can't stand it. But Glasgow Celtic have uh, it looks as if Glasgow Celtic as a club are going to get fined uh, this is an article in the Herald Scotland Celtic were facing disciplinary action after fans went ahead with threats of unfurling Palestinian flags against an Israeli team in the Champions League despite warnings to avoid political gestures and the certainty that the club will be fined some Celtic supporters raised Palestinian flags at the Scottish Champions match against the champions of Israel Hapul Beersheva a Facebook page called Fly the Flag for Palestine for Celtic for Justice was set up to coordinate the protests with fans being offered Palestinian flags to fly at the oh, match. Oh man, they handed them out. Yeah, yeah, they actually handed out these flags. Now, I think people who wave Palestinian flags are dicks. I don't suppose I've got any problem. I mean, I don't really care. I don't have a dog in the fight. I, I can't. I don't like football. I'm not particularly. I don't particularly like Celtic or Rangers. Um, or Palestinians. <laughs> well, I don't want Palestinians, but I mean, well, I mean, I don't want to get into the whole argument about what is a Palestinian to start with, right? right. I mean, the, the Israeli Chamber Orchestra, when they first started, called themselves the Palestinian Chamber Orchestra, right. and more, a lot of the early settlers, uh, Jewish settlers in British Mandate Palestine at the time, called themselves Palestinians. Right. So I suppose it's another argument. I, I, we don't want to get into that about what is a Palestinian and what constitutes Palestine. I mean, Lebanon was part of the British Mandate Palestine. A lot of Syria was part of British Mandate Palestine. So I think people got a right to fly a flag. However, what's the libertarian angle in this? Well, it's complicated because technically you should be able to fly whatever flag you want, wherever you want, without getting fined by it provided that whoever owns that property hasn't got a problem with it. Personally, I think turning up to an Israel match to wave a Palestinian flag is kind of immature and kind of a dick thing to do because... Well, I suppose they would say they are pledging their solidarity to what they say see as an oppressed people. You know, a lot of Celtic fans had an affinity with uh, not all, but a lot of them had an affinity with the IRA and the Irish Republic and the struggle for uh, of the IRA against the British state. 
Okay. Then. And those same people then also have an affinity with the, a Palestinians yeah. and the PLO because they see a connection there they and they see kindred do. spirits. So <clears throat> I, I don't see it myself. I don't think they're right, but that's their viewpoint. No, I and I understand that, but I just don't think that a football game is the right forum to be taking action. I mean, I think yeah, there's probably you know there's probably a lot of productive and useful things that they could do if they wanted to or even make a gesture. And in fairness, sometimes I've seen Rangers fans flying uh, Israeli flags just because they know that it pisses off Celtic right. fans. You know? Right, right, got you. Yeah. And But I think the main thing is that sport is one of the things that can transcend. And I know that you get all these things about, oh, Russia shouldn't be allowed to be part of this sporting event or we should exclude this country or that country or the other. But I really apply... Now, I don't... This quote's attributed to Bastiat, but it's questionable whether it's actually from his writings. It was, when goods don't cross borders, armies surely will. And that was one thing that brought... That has always brought countries together, trade. And another thing, I think, that has got countries interacting, even in times of hostility, is international sporting events. Right. And that's why one of the reasons why I think aesthetically, rather than necessarily morally, it's aesthetically not the place to fly flags and things like that because you you probably know like you know if you want to broach a conflict with a loved one, someone that actually gives a shit about you. If they don't care about you, then maybe nothing you say will help. But if they do care about you, a good thing is to establish the connection first mm-hmm. and then try and resolve the conflict right. once that connection is there. I, I'm very critical of Israel, but I, I'm also very critical of the boycott, divest and sa- sanctions movement okay. because that's not actually helping because what, what they're actually doing is they're playing into the hands of a victim narrative and a persecution narrative from the Israeli side um, they're not helping create a dialogue and bring people to the table and creating a situation where people can understand one another's narrative right right and I think that this kind of thing just fucking pisses people off without actually achieving anything without helping any Palestinians Right, okay. <clears throat> but then, would you be consistent in that? I mean, I know that uh, during the apartheid era, a lot of people uh, were, you know, boycotted South African uh, rugby team, South African cricket team mm. uh, when they when they went abroad. Peter Hayne, famously, uh, who became a Labour Party minister, he was arrested in the 70s for digging up uh, the pitch, digging up turf. I think it could have been... Uh, could have been Twickenham, um, where the where the Springboks were coming. So and he he took part in direct action. Yet some of the same people who supported uh, the anti-apartheid movement and the boycotting of the Springboks um, don't support the boycotting of uh, of Israeli football teams. Um, I I don't know what the discrepancy is. I don't know why. I, I just mean there's an inconsistency there. And on the other side of things yeah I don't know where I was going with that sorry Uh, let me take up where you left off I mean are these people consistent because as I said I'm very critical of Israel but they're not going to turn up at um, a Turkish 
team's game with an Armenian flag or an Iraqi team's game right. with a Kurdish flag. Right. Again, coming back to the boycott, divest and sanctions right. so, movement. So it's extremely partisan. It's very partisan. I mean, they're not calling for boycotts of Saudi Arabian oil, for example. Yeah. Or Chinese athletes. Or, yeah. yeah, I mean, every nation on the face of this planet, more or less, has got some kind of marker or another across their name. Yeah. And wherever we can we should take action yeah. or you should find out what you're good at yeah. and uh, put that to use to try and help yeah. one situation or another in the world yeah. before you take action you want to know what are your goals is this action going to help you achieve those goals and and, and, and then set out yeah. I mean I think a particularly shameful episode and this is uh, quite pertinent because we're at the, the Edinburgh Fringe at the moment uh, the Fringe and the festival is going on. Last year at the Fringe, there was an Israeli theatre company that was boycotted and hounded out of town by protesters. Liz Lochhead, notably the Scottish poet, was part of this, saying, this group of people have received money. I think it was like a paltry amount, but nevertheless, they'd received some sort of funding from the Israeli government, and therefore they should be banned from the fringe. And shamefully, I think the Edinburgh Council complied. You know, they, they backed down and allowed and, 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 and stopped this theatre from going ahead. And the ironic thing was, this was a theatre company that was cross-community. Mm. Uh, cross right. It was about building bridges between uh, Israelis and, and, and Palestinians. And they handed it out of town. Now, I'm quite sure at some point in her life, Liz Lockhead will have got some sort of government money, you know, mm-hmm. under Tony Blair's yeah, government. Yeah. Tony Blair, who went to war illegally in Iraq, yeah. you know. So should we boycott Liz Lockhead because she's received public funding from Tony Blair's government? Well, um, maybe, maybe maybe we need to boycott her because she's not a libertarian. She's illiberal. Illiberal, yeah, she's definitely illiberal. Although she would probably like to think herself very liberal. This is the weird thing because you can, when you talk about tolerance, you can only tolerate by definition that which you disagree with. Right. If you actually agree with it, you're not tolerating it. You know, no. you don't tolerate your girlfriend who you're in love with. You know, right. you don't tolerate uh, that television program that you love. You know, you don't tolerate that football team that you go and watch. You you you, you love it. You know, you only tolerate things that you vehemently disagree with or you don't like. So there is no tolerance in these people, uh, but they cry tolerance when it affects them. But here's the thing. Glasgow Celtic are a private company and a private organisation. If they've decided, for whatever the reason, that they didn't want people to fly these flags at the game, they've got a right to say what kind of behaviour goes on inside their stadium. And if they want to ban these fans, I mean, they gave them fair warning and said, look, don't do this. Uh, and if they want to ban them, then I think they're within their rights as a private organisation sure. to do so. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Talking, we touched briefly on uh, Tony Blair, and it looks like the, some of the families of British soldiers killed in Iraq hope to bring Tony Blair to court after a successful £150,000 crowdfunding campaign to pay for crucial legal work. This is according to the, the Daily Mirror. I've got some mixed feelings on this. I Do I think Tony Blair should be brought to book for his involvement in the Iraq uh, situation? Yes, absolutely. 
I'm just wondering uh, with these families what it is that they want in the end. They've lost... Now, I think I can speak on this because I'm an ex-soldier myself and I saw active service in Northern Ireland. Soldiers, all the British soldiers who went to Iraq at the end of the day were volunteers. They volunteered to join the army. They weren't conscripts. You could make an argument about economic conscripts. Right. Okay, you can make that argument. But let's suppose they volunteered. They all voluntarily joined the army. Soldiers don't get to pick and choose. Maybe they should, but as things stand, they don't get to pick and choose where they go and fight. You fight wherever the government sends you. And in this instance, they decided to send them to Iraq. I don't know what the families want. If they do, if they want Tony Blair to be convicted of war crimes, fine. I think this £150,000 that they've crowdfunded is only going to go to pay for fucking lawyers yeah. to get richer. Unfortunately, you know. I understand, I really do, but I think it's just going to make lawyers richer. And I really don't think that Tony Blair is going to get convicted of war crimes. I don't really see him even going to court over this. I think these families are in pain they're angry and they want somebody to pay for the fact that they've lost their loved ones. But do you know what? Soldiers die. They die, they get sent to war by parasites like Tony Blair. And that's your lot as a soldier. If you don't accept that, you have no business really being in uniform. That's that's my take on that one. What do you think yourself? Well, let me play devil's advocate a little okay. bit, right? So, see, after the Second World War yeah. and the Nuremberg Trials, you probably know where I'm going with this. I can see where you're going, um, you naughty man. There was a precedent set, yeah. which was, I'm only following orders is no longer good enough. You have to be critical, even as a soldier, and not follow certain orders, otherwise you might be um, guilty of a crime. Okay. So, yes, if you sign up for the military, you're agreeing to go and do service. But what if you're sent under? If you're sent under false pretenses, for example, all this weapons of mass destruction mm-hmm. and the whole bunch of other lies that were told. Okay. Um, does that in some way invalidate your contract? And could you even say that maybe? You've people have actually got a responsibility not to to participate in things that right. could potentially be illegal. I mean, around the time I was a teenager and I, I knew someone who went off to join the army and there was all this talk. I was on the internet trying to research this and I read books and things like that and came to the conclusion that it was nonsense and there was no weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. This guy was saying, oh, well, you know, we went in front of a, a lecture and they showed us these videos of these massive holes that they were digging in the desert. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they, they were, they're hiding the weapons of mass destruction in there. Now, I don't know if he was just a bullshit merchant and just making this stuff up because he did talk talk a lot of shite sometimes and right. said that this this was likely to escalate to, like, World War Three and stuff like that and yeah. it was of epic proportions. Well, you know what? I think as a as a I don't want to use the word society, but as a nation, we do need to hold politicians to account for for the wars they get involved mm-hmm. in. And uh, we we sh- 
when we realise that we go to war, we're going to lose soldiers, and a lot of it's going to be in bullshit pretext. Okay, let's look at something. Let's look at something that's supposedly a just war. Okay, we went to war with Nazi Germany. The pretext for going to war. The whole reason we went to war was to liberate Poland. Right. Poland was our ally. We we put an ultimatum to Germany. If you invade Poland, it, it means war. We went to war for four, nearly five years. Hundreds of thousands of lives lost. The civilian casualties on the Normandy landings were absolutely fucking horrific. Okay? In the first two or three days, um, you know, these, these figures don't get bandied about. But the civilian casualties in France, and in particularly Holland, were fucking horrendous. And at the end of that war, we achieved the destruction of Germany, which we then had to fucking bail out and, and, and pay them to reconstruct their country. And we didn't even achieve what we went to war for. We went to war to liberate Poland. Poland wasn't liberated. The last Russian tank, the last Soviet tank didn't leave Poland till the late 80s. Was it the mid-80s or late 80s even? You know, that's 40-odd years later. What fucking difference did it make to you as a Pole whether you were being oppressed by the Nazis or being oppressed by the Soviets? What difference does it make whether it was Soviet tanks in your streets and Soviet soldiers or German soldiers? Could we say, why aren't we prosecuting our politicians for taking, taking us to war in Germany, against Germany, when we absolutely failed to achieve what we went to war for in the first place? So you, you could make that case. I mean, is there, has there been any war that we've been involved in in the last 50 years that has, really hasn't turned out to be bullshit? I, I, I don't know. Was the, was the Malayan emergency, was that justified? Was the Falklands War justified? You could you could argue yes, but again, some people would argue that Margaret Thatcher should be brought to book for the for the sinking of the was it the Belgrano? I can't remember. What yeah, but the, the ship was basically sailing away for the exclusion zone when she when she when she when she sank it. And then there was that detail about military cuts, sort of basically gave the okay. Yeah, for 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 Argentina, okay. the, the, there's there is a case to be made that we knew exactly what was going to happen. We allowed it to happen so that we could go and sort it out and make a statement. I really don't know, and I'm not. By the way, I'm not a pacifist because I am not against a hawkish and robust foreign policy when it's required. Uh, I'm just not sure anymore if what it would define the terms. Yeah, exactly. What would define? Well, if you're threatened, your territory's threatened your people are threatened by a foreign force and that's the only way to sort it out. If the, if the, all other negotiations have failed and finally it's time to defend yourself, when does defence become offence? When is it justified to launch an offensive attack, a preemptive attack, You know, if, you, if it's justified, if you know X nation, whatever it is, let's suppose France, we had evidence that France was... was uh, um, planning a massive attack on Britain. Any mass- that's uh, that's not the group. By the way, don't confuse that with the, the group. Uh, massive attack. If they were planning a, a, a massive um, offensive attack on Britain. Would it be justified to launch an attack on France first? You know, these questions are these are things we don't seem to think about before we go to war. There's too many yes. people saber rattle and go. Okay, we should go to war. We should go to war in Zimbabwe. We should go. You know. Depose uh, Robert Mugabe. We should go to war against Daesh. 
And invariably, it's not these people that have to yeah. go and do it. Well, they it's somebody else's son that has to go and do it. They don't stand to gain from having clearly defined principles because as soon as we've got our principles clearly defined, we know what the rules are and yeah. we can judge. Whereas politicians benefit from being able to pick and choose and manipulate the dialogue. So the one thing you will never see on television, never on Question Time or any of the political programmes is, right, let's get back to the beginning. What is the principle here? What is the principle? And how do we measure whether this is right or wrong against the principle? And what would be the implications of that if we accepted that principle to all areas of public life? Yeah. That's just something you don't get. I mean, they'll be discussing, should we have this tax or that tax? This much or that much? No, what is the principle? How do we justify tax and which taxes are most justifiable? This person or that person has a policy on immigration, another has another one. And they'll argue, but they never get back and say, well, what's the principle at stake here? And that's what really, really frustrates me about news programmes and that's why I don't really watch them very often because everyone's just spouting out their arbitrary opinions and no one... Yeah, they don't start from a position, a principled position. You know, the principled position being, look, non-aggression principle, non-initiation of force. If you say, look, that's that's the principle that we start off with, then you can extrapolate and then you can uh, logically deduce what the, the correct course of action will be from those principles. Or at least you can debate what the correct yeah. course of action would be based on those principles and hopefully come to some kind of consensus. Yeah. And if you have principles, be um, a libertarian. Be libertarian, don't be a lefty. Or a righty.